this time I got interviews with four roasters who participated in a roasting competition. Again, I ask how they make the decision to stop the roast. But let me see if I got it right. You kind of uh, dump the roast when it has reached a certain bean temperature, and then you try to make it fit with the time. So that's the two parameters you use to dump the roast? No, I, I prefer to say I, I dump it when it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you know it's finished? Well, as you say, it's affected by a lot of things. It's affected by the smell. The so you smell it. the coffee all the way? I smell the coffee all the way. I look at it. The surface, it, the color? Yeah. Is it developed? I look at the color. I, so it's not just one thing. I look at the, the cracks between uh, in the middle and so on and so on and so on. And, and from time to time, I burn my tongue and taste it. It's <laughs> you taste it during the yes, roast? Yes, yes, Chewing the burning hot beans? What coffee roasters don't do to get hold of the roast? Impressive. You're listening to the podcast Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstad. This is a podcast about all the different approaches in coffee roasting. Here in August, we had the Danish Roasting Championship. It was the first time here in Denmark. The competition is organized by the Speciality Coffee Association, SCA. Only members of this organization can participate. I helped out on the practical side of things. I brought my recorder, but didn't know if there would be time for interviews. It's a three-day competition. The first two days, the participants were very focused on the task. But the third day was all about the judge's evaluation. So here the participants were just waiting, and then I could do some interviews for you in this podcast. In the last episode, episode 5, you heard from Mikkel from La Capa. This time it's with four other participants from the competition. Even though this competition was for Danish roasteries, the roasters also had other nationalities. The rule is that you need to have been living in the country for at least two years. Like the first roaster here, Theo Maitre. He is from France. Your name and where you roast? Uh, my name is Theo Maitre and I roast at Sigfrey's Café Fabrique in Aarhus. In Aarhus? And yeah. you're from France? And I'm from France, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm doing a little podcast about coffee roasting. Okay. And I'm doing a series about uh, how people, how roasters go by different drinks when they stop it. So I thought today I would ask the participants in the yeah. Danish Roasting Championship, yeah. what do you go by when you, first I can ask you approximately how long from first crack start do you, uh, development time? Development time I'm having? Well, it really depends, depends of the, my total time, roasting times, depends of my batch sizes also, how yes. big of a batch I'm roasting. Okay. And it also depends of how much um, time I'm spending before first crack in the Maya uh, process. Uh, all so that you time. agree with Scott Rao, who has this development percentage? I do not go by percentage. Okay. Uh, I still go by time, most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I change it quite often. Uh-huh. But as a starting point, I'm around a minute and a half for filter coffee. A minute and 30 seconds yeah. for filter coffee? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and about two minutes to two minutes and a half for espresso roast. And that's your starting point, and then depending yeah. on the coffee and everything yeah. else, then yeah. you adjust. Yeah, exactly. And when what makes you do the final decision to stop the roast? Is that time or degrees? Or? Um, the first one I will go for is the, the degrees, the end temperature. Mm -hmm. uh, so this will be my priority. Mm -hmm. uh, then the other thing I will look for is the rate of rise in development time. Yeah. Uh, this could make me stopping a roast earlier than I was expecting if the rate of rise get too flattened or start raising again or if something happened. So end temperature is my priority, but then some other parameters could make that I'm stopping earlier. Depending on how fast... Uh, yeah. And you don't look at color or surface of the um, beans? I do look a bit at color, mm -hmm. but I, I'm never judging. It, it's too... Um, I mean, the light is changing too often, yeah. and depending on which beans it is, the color will also change. So I like to have an, an idea of the color, but I don't judge. I don't use it as a judgment for stopping a roast. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the smell, I'm using the smell a lot. Okay. Uh, but it's often more for around first crack to have a better idea of first crack. So do you smell it before it hits the first yeah, crack to say before. now it's yeah. now it's coming? Yeah. And can you describe what taste does tell you that now first, it's, what smell I mean? It's impossible to describe. Okay. But if I'm roasting with an open window at the roastery, mm -hmm. uh, I can smell the uh, some of the exhaust air exhaust coming back. Yeah. And 150, 180, and just before first crack, there are three really, really distinct smells you can just really spot easily. You can recognize. Yeah. Ah. So if not by the roaster, you can just smell and you know where the, where the machine is. It's so easy. So when you know first crack is approaching, you're still using that to turn the heat down? Uh, no, usually I, I'm anticipating. Uh, so it's not like, oh, fuck, now I have to go down. Um, you have the bean temperature to tell you yeah, that now. Yeah, of the bean temperature. And is your first crack as at, a, at, um, at the same bean temperature pretty much every time? Like uh, No, it, it depends. Uh, for the first, it really depends on the, like, the roast style, because if you come quite aggressively to first crack, you will have a first crack that is uh, pretty Brilliant. powerful and could be uh, a bit early and, and it would be really gathered. All the beans will crack at the same time. Uh, if you come with a bit less uh, energy or a bit slowly into first crack, you can have a really spread first crack. Uh, uh, we roast some uh, blend, so same coffee from the same farm but the different process. Mm -hmm. They will also crack uh, a bit differently, so you could have some kind of two different cracks actually. So how much does it vary in degrees from 190 to 200, or what is your... Uh, yeah, I, I never, on my roster back home, I never have before 190. I think the earliest I'm having is 192, mm -hmm. and then the latest I'm having is 198, I think. Yeah. Thank you very much, yeah, and good luck. And very shortly we will know who will be hopefully. the, the <laughs> Danish cham roast champion. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> your coffee tasted very good on oh, the table. Thank you. So. I'm glad to hear. Thank good. you. Thank you. So Theo is mainly using end bean temperature to stop the roast, but look very much at the rate of rise and use the smell during the roast, but not the color. Next one is a Danish guy, Jonas Giel. Can you say your name and where you work? Yeah, I'm Jonas. I work at Prolog Coffee in the meatpacking district. In Copenhagen, In Copenhagen, Denmark. yeah. And for how long have you been roasting coffee? That's been two and a half years now. Two and 
one. Yeah. Uh, will you then tell approximately how long from first crack start do you roast the coffee? How many? One minute, two minutes? Uh? Normally it's 1.30 to 1.50 minutes. One in 30 seconds, one minute and 50 seconds. And so Depending on the bean also, if it's espresso or filter? Yeah, it's, it's normally in that range. For some coffees, we go a little more than two minutes for, yeah, if you want some more body, less acidity. Um, but but um, so it's, it's like a 40 seconds window. Yeah. For both filters and espresso, I would say. Like with that, we do that now. Uh, we used to go shorter. Ah. But. Um, so, what yeah, made I, you change the go for longer? Um, when we cup the coffees, uh, we just figured, find, found that our espresso roasts taste better than our filters. <laughs> and they were like very much, like, not, not much longer, but just it just pulled out a little more flavor. It mm-hmm. was a little more developed, the flavors. So uh, we we changed a little bit from there, and um, sometimes we use the same coffee for filter and espresso. Ah, so um, you make the uni roast, don't they call it that? The yeah. roast for everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that really works, and sometimes it depends on how much acidity the coffee has. I would say. Uh-huh. So if the acidity is too high, uh, then you roast it a little, long, little long longer, longer yeah. for espresso. A little longer, yeah, not not too much, yeah. And then when you stand. They are roasting and are about to dump. Is that only seconds, or do you also look at temperature, color of the beans? Um, it's 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 a combination of uh, time and temperature. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So when would you make it shorter? When when uh, when the temperature is rising too quickly, then you take the time a little shorter, or? Yeah, I would probably do that. Yeah, I would probably do that exactly. But um, normally, it's it's uh, it has to 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 fit together. Um, you have to like, hit the right. I have to spot. hit the right spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, and if, when it's when is it difficult? Is it like weather change that makes it sometimes, uh, or what does it make it difficult? Or I think. Um, if you change the batch size, that that really makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, and then if you go from natural to washed coffees, that that, that makes a big difference as well. But uh, when we roast on the lowering, we can really feel water. I mean, weather differences. Um, that 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 doesn't really impact the the roast. Because the air is recirculated, recirculated all the time. Yeah, it's, it's not really affected by my environment. Cool. So, yeah, I forgot to ask that. You roast on a lowering 15 or long? What's yeah, it 15 called? Kilo, yeah, 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Very interesting that Jonas and Prologue went for longer development times. Earlier it was closer to one minute. Now it's from one and a half to two minutes. Mostly I hear that roasters go shorter and shorter. So interesting that the guys at Prologue have gone longer. Jonas mentioned he normally roast on a lowering. Actually, it's the same lowering as in the competition. The Danish Roasting Championship is held at the factory Roast Lab here in Copenhagen. It's a timeshare roastery, so cafe owners like Jonas can rent time to roast for his cafe. Or if you want to start a roasting business but not build your own roastery, like April Coffee, 
by the Swedish roaster Patrick. He also roasts at the factory. Next roaster is Francesco. He is from Italy. My name is Francesco Impolomeni and I am a roastmaster and co-founder of No Hound Coffee Roaster here in Copenhagen. Here in Copenhagen, Denmark. But you're not from Denmark. No, I'm Italian. Yeah. 100%. Single origin. <laughs> Single origin. <laughs> and for how long have you lived in Copenhagen? It's going to be four years in uh, January next year. So, yeah, three and a half years so far. And for how long have you been roasting coffee? Uh, two and a half years. So, so you first started when you... Yeah, yeah, I was not roaster in, uh, when I was living in Italy at the time. Mm -hmm. But I was working with coffee producer. I was uh, visiting some origins and, uh, yeah, searching some coffee. You were into coffee, coffee already. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But uh, in the first steps of the supply chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here in this competition, you, we, we, the roaster machine is uh, lowering. But you don't roast at that... Uh, do you roast at the same at exactly. home? Exactly. No, no, no. We have another... Another machine is a Giesen. Giesen? <laughs> yeah. How many kilos? It's a 15, so the same capacity, but a totally different machine. Ah. And what I'm uh, doing a podcast series mm -hmm. on here is uh, how different roasters go by different things to stop the roast. But first I ask you guys... Um, approximately how long do you normally roast? Here I'm talking about from first crack starts. You mean the development time? The development time. It's going to be between, uh, according if I'm roasting for for, a, for like filter brews and I like to more shorter development time, closer to 12%. So that's the Scott Rao, the development percent? Yeah, 12%. Mm -hmm. And how long is that approximately? It depends on the total length of the roast, because there are some coffee that I, I, I roast faster in roasting time, and then uh, other that are slower. So I, I, I prefer to talk about percentages instead of, uh, of uh, yeah. minutes. And there are some coffees that I, I that are going for espresso, and I, I would like to just uh, to control the acidity and have a milder mm -hmm. result in the cup. So that's going to be more around 16, 18 percent mm -hmm. development time. And can I then, when do you have the first crack? What is your preferred time? Is that seven it, minutes or 11 it minutes? It depends or? on the. Of course, you can't compare because uh, every machine is different. Mm -hmm. And every coffee is different. So, but uh, as a rule of thumb, it happens around uh, between nine and ten minutes. That's, that's average. Uh, yeah. 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 And what do then to this uh, point of stopping the roast? What do you look at? What makes you take the decision well, that now I dump the yeah, roast? Yeah, it's a mix of different things. It's not. Uh, I'm not just looking at one one variable, one parameters. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a mix of uh, data that we got from the logging software uh, uh, using my, my taste, my feelings and because I like I, I, I look at the color mm -hmm. because I try not to open too much the, the inspection probe because uh, the inspection uh, try because yeah. I to let air and yeah in the Giesen there is a yeah, unlike the, the lowering is uh, the more you open the, the slot and the more you affect the, the environmental temperature so I try to use my eyes and at the very last I open and I smell and I, I chew I bite the Coffee yeah. to see the, the how, how developed is yeah 
and then you look at the percentage as well at yeah, the time that yeah, when it reach around exactly. the 12% so of it's a mix coffee. of uh, my 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 senses my my taste my perception and uh, and the data that coming from the software yeah. And how do you feel with the competition when, I mean, you roasted for the, it's that the first time you roast on a Loring well, almost? Yeah, we got uh, the opportunity as a, a participant, participant to, to uh, get an introduction in this machine. Uh, so of course it was it was uh, it was quite challenging to to move from my machine to this one, but it was much more challenging to roast uh, unknown coffee. But it was it was a great experience. I learned a lot. I really learned a lot. Cool. So, yes. yeah. Cool. Let's go uh, taste the yeah. single or in Colombia. Okay. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. So instead of looking at the time from first crack starts, Francesco looks at the ratio to the total roast time. I first heard about this from the American roasting consultant Scott Rao. He prefers the ratio to be 20 to 25%. Francesco used close to 12% for filter and 16 to 18% for espresso. Remember in last episode, episode 5, Mikkel from La Cabra told about how he roasted no longer than one minute in development time and that he preferred first crack around 12 minutes. That is a total roast time of 13 minutes and gives a ratio of less than 8%. Huh. The last roaster today is Kenneth, a Danish guy. We started out by talking about the coffees in the competition. Uh, Kenneth Theodore Kasberg. I'm from Nockerhaus in Aarhus. Uh, you are all no nerves. On the, we're waiting for the judges to call who has been winning this. Yeah. But you were glad, you were happy about your own coffee. Yeah, it turned out a little bit better than I thought it would. Yeah. I have an idea that I wanted to have a lot of fruit in it, and still, still know of this uh, uh, flavor we get from naturals. So, so I tried to turn down the flavor of naturals. I thought it was a bit tricky, but maybe it we should tell okay. the listeners here: it's a blend of. It's a blend of uh, Honduras, Honduras natural. Natural. That was really, really. Fruity, really strawberry-like. Maybe a little bit too much, but it was a beautiful coffee. Uh, and then there was a Guatemala that was washed. And then there was a Brazil uh, natural uh, yellow bourbon, I think. It was really um, peanutty, uh, the oh. Brazil one. And the, the, that sounds negative. Yeah, I, I, I like it as a as a shoulder, as a. Uh, butter. A base. Uh, yeah, uh, it gives a little tint of butter on the tongue, and it's okay. Um, and, and then uh, 30% of the Guatemala, that was just a little bit um, orangey uh, in it, and had a good, good volume, good body. So and it was, you uh, roasted them individually? Yes, I did. Yes. Yes, I, did. I was a bit pressed on time, so yeah. my last roast was the Honduras, and, and I had 10 minutes to go and that one <laughs> went in the roaster and I shortened it by a minute so I had a 7 minute 30 seconds I guess was that, that the area. first crack or the end? that's the end I was, oh. I, I, <laughs> no it was just under 8 minutes so I had to blend afterwards 
so it, it was a bit But it turned, out, it turned out nice. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. But my first roast of the, of the Brazil um, on the Loring, it, I had I didn't have enough energy in, in, in the machine. My, my inlet temperature was a little bit low and, and I couldn't build it up, even though it was only four kilos. And if I just pushed the flame, if I, I would have ruined the coffee. It's so soft, it, it wouldn't have, yeah, it, it will be a disaster. So have six, you before all roasted on a rolling? Because you have to say this championship was on a lowering roaster yeah. and you, what do you roast on in, in, in <laughs> daily? Um, we call it Theodore, but it's a rebuilt <laughs> sober. So it's a different. Tober, okay. yeah. yeah. It's a, it's not really a tober anymore because it, yeah, it's the middle of a tober. And it's uh, gas driven. Yes, it is. Yes. And um, this is actually for my roasting podcast, where I do a series on how different roasters, what they go by to dump the roast. I could start to ask your range, um, the development time from first crack start. Well, when I when I first started up, I was, I think I was closer to two minutes than than one minute um, first starting roasting, but um, I made a lot of baked coffees in in my time, and. Yeah. When did you have first crack start to begin with? Was it at 11, 13, yeah, 15 I minutes? Yeah, I had some of those, but the more I cupped, the, the, the shorter my roast became and to a point where the tober just can't keep up with it. It, it's, <laughs> it, it scorches the beans, it tips the beans. It's, so. so you like first crack to start earlier yeah, and development time also be shorter? Yeah, sure, I have normal time from... Uh, total roast time is about 11 minutes on the on the total 11, and I have New York two uh, blend Brazil, and that's 12 minutes, so it's a little bit longer. But so today it. your coffees are between one minute and one minute thirty, or yeah, in the uh, total uh, development time, yes. So from yeah. first crack start. From first crack. Yeah. And then when you make the decision now, the roast has enough. Is that looking at the clock from a uh, from no, first no, crack start, or is it the temperature? Or well, I, I I do have a kind of idea which temperature this coffee should end up with, uh, but that's that's if I really want it to be a big mouthfeel coffee uh, so if I really want a, a mouthfeel coffee I know my temperature always just a little bit higher like two degrees three degrees higher and if I want a more bright clear the temperature is a little bit lower but it's it's all due to uh, from from end of drying to start of crack because if I want to prolong the middle piece of the roast my end temperature will of course be affected by it so so that's normally it but it's it's different some coffees they tend to crack a little bit slowly and i want to push them a little bit harder so so i don't end up with beans that are not developed crack. yeah so it's 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 always different it, i listen to the crack my tower is not the most insulated machine in the world, so you can hear everything. Uh -huh. um, that's a good thing. And there's a lot of difference on first batch, second batch, third batch. Yeah, but we do, we do all, we have like the cheapest coffees that we do, we do in one hour. Uh, the first in the hour. Yeah. Mm. And I have a profile uh, that's uh, cold profile, so the first two roasts is one profile because 
inlet temperature and the, the gas flame is different, so my drying period of those coffees are different and my gas settings are different because I need more energy mm -hmm. from the gas. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that is over, we start with the more expensive coffees. And then we roast typically for six hours. And so we have the same routine. We roast the same kilos of coffee every time. Yep. So we have the same start over and over again. So you know how the heat affects yeah. the batch. No. So okay. the more you can do the same way, the easier it gets by time. But let me see if I got it right. You kind of uh, dump the roast when it has reached a certain bean temperature, and then you try to make it fit with the time. So that's the two parameters you use to dump the roast? No, I prefer to say I, I dump it when it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you know it's finished? Well, the, the, as you say, it's affected by a lot of things. It's affected by the smell. The so you smell the coffee all the way? I smell the coffee all the way. I look at it. The surface, it, the color? Yeah. Is it developed? I look at the color. I, so it's not just one thing. I look at the, the cracks between uh, in the middle and so on and so on and so on. And from time to time I burn my tongue and taste it. It's <laughs> you taste it during the yes, roast? Yes, yes. So, and so put if it you on the metal table, just turn it around in with water. <laughs> water and, oh, and it's really... It. And is it still, is it all done? Is it... Is it ready? One problem I find when I smell it, and when all the good flavor comes, then I think then it's too late to dump it because then it just got past all the nice yeah, yeah. flavors. But yeah, that, that can happen on a lorry, I think. But it's because it's really tricky to put, take one bean out of a lorry. <laughs> <laughs> but also just the of smelling of thing. I think when all the That's good ar when the good aromas come from the trier, yeah. then when you get those, if you pushed up right there, yeah. then it's too late because then they've just been released all the good flavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, might, I might think you're right. But I, I don't know what it is. There is a certain certain. But you have some way. indicators, yeah, you know, when this, but it's, because you've done it so many yeah. times. If I could tell you, this is... I find that very interesting as well, that there's a roast that you have so many indications, so you've yeah. got a feeling now it has to go. Yeah. There's no basic formula for it. It's well, yes, there is. Doing this the same way over and over again and get familiar with the coffees. And also, coffees, different coffees, uh, different processes, method tend to do things different in the roast as well. So yeah. Some coffees I can see in the end, it really wants to do something different than I thought. Then, okay, if it does that, okay, then let's try that. Let's see where that one goes. Yeah, it's the same... I used to be a chef. It's the same when you cook things. And sometimes it turned out a little bit different than you thought. You forgot it in the oven and you, some stupid apprentice shut down the oven <laughs> 10 minutes too early and the roast turned out to be fantastic. And sometimes, it, sometimes it's luck. So to decide when to stop the roast... Can it use a smell and looking on the surface of the beans? Within a window he decided on regarding time and end temperature. That was the four roasters for this episode. Funny, all go by different things to stop the roast. And then we got two who are chewing the beans to see if the roast is ready to be dumped. Kenneth and Francesco. I hadn't heard that one before. Tough guys. 
I also asked all of the roasters what development time area they go for. The time from first crack starts. I have noticed often a roaster have a very narrow area. Maybe 40 seconds like Jonas told about in this episode. Or even 15 seconds like Mikkel in last episode. He used between 45 and 60 seconds in development time. I have also been roasting within a narrow window for development time. But lately I have expanded. Because for some beans it didn't hit something I liked in that window. But expanding the area is more work. More wasted roasts. Or at least until you gain some experience with different kinds of beans. It's not that I have roasted a lot of Kenyas in my years of roasting. The first Kenya bean I tried didn't hit anything that thrilled me. But lately I have explored the Kenyans more and found that I like it better at longer development time than my normal area. Another thing I noticed in the different approaches to roasting. Some roasters choose an end point like a certain bean color or end bean temperature, and then make changes in the road up until that point, like we heard in episode 3 and 4 in this podcast. Whereas other roasters adjust on what's happening after first crack, and keep the same road up until first crack, or at least for the same kind of beans. Yes, yes, some are working on both, but the more variables, the more confusing and harder to navigate. You have to keep something constant when exploring what makes the best roast of a bean. Or you won't know what changes makes the roast better or worse. Not to forget, this was a roasting competition. So who won? Who took first place? It was announced by Michael de Renoir. He was the head organizer of the whole competition. In daily life, he's a roasting consultant, co-owner of the factory roast lab, and more. Between number one and two is quite quite a good bit. And the winner is Theo Metra. So Theo Metra from Siegfried's Kaffeefabrik took first place. And he will be going to the World Championship in December in China. Congratulations. He has only been roasting coffee for like a year and a half, but is working with Thomas Siegfried, who has been into coffee for 16 years. He is the owner of Siegfried's Kaffeefabrik. Second place went to Kenneth Kasper von Mockerhaus, and third place went to Mikkel Selma from La Cabra, that we heard from in last episode. That's it for now. If you find this podcast useful, then let me know. Write me or just give me from one to five stars in iTunes or something. When you send out something like this, it's nice to get a feedback. I don't know how many more episodes I will do here. It also depends on the feedback. My name is Therese Brunstel. Some people drink coffee to get through the day. Others get through the day to drink good coffee.